I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at andersonfirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message. Our lesson this morning is from Luke 17, verses, not, verses 11 through 19. Please stand as you are able. As Jesus continued onward towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Sumerian. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned? to give glory to God except this foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks Thanks be to God.
There is something that all of you have as you sit here today together in this congregation, and that is something called a hypothalamus. You may not be familiar with that, but it is actually part of your brain that you have. And if your brain is not complex enough to understand, this part of your brain is considered extremely, extraordinarily complex. The hypothalamus is just a small part attached to the bottom of the brain, the lower part of your brain, and it is just above your pituitary gland to kind of give you some idea of where yours is located. Psychology Today did a re- published a research article that said the hypothalamus is what responds when we either give or receive appreciation. It's part of our brain that responds to that. And it's interesting to me that it's both. Whether you give appreciation to another, you give it away, or you receive it from some, You react, respond the same way. And some of those responses that the hypothalamus triggers is that you have much more productive sleep. Think about it, folks. If you're not sleeping well, you might try giving someone, showing some appreciation. It also triggers your eating patterns and how well you digest what you eat. And so if you're having indigestion, again, you might try thanking someone, showing some appreciation. All that to say that when we show appreciation, it's not just a nicety. It's not just something that we throw out there because it's kind of nice to say thank you or to do. This is something that is the difference between being healthy and unhealthy. Showing appreciation helps us become whole. And so in order to appreciate, both to receive it and to give it, we have to see. I want to explain that. There was a mother and daughter that was jet skiing out in the ocean. This is actually a real story, folks. They were jet skiing together in the ocean along the coastline, but enough away from the coastline that it took a while for people to recognize that they weren't moving, and they weren't coming back as they had anticipated because as they were traveling along, and if any of you have ever been on a jet ski, it's kind of like a miniaturized motorboat, so you travel at high speeds, the daughter on the jet ski with her father yelled at the top of her lungs, stop! Well, When you're flying along on a jet ski, when you stop immediately, it floods it. Thinking that there was a huge emergency that her daughter needed his undivided attention, in that moment, he stopped and flooded the jet ski, only to find out the problem was 
she had hair in her eyes and could not see. So as he kind of fumed and they floated in what he shares as being frigidly cold water for an hour, they talked about the importance of hair in your eyes. And the father actually learned something because his daughter said, I can't appreciate what I'm seeing, what's all around me, if I can't see it. I can't appreciate what is all around me if I can't see it. exactly what was being addressed in our story, our account of Jesus and the lepers today. You see in this account that Luke gives us, and by the way, Luke is the only gospel writer that tells this story, and I find Luke is what my favorite of the four. Luke is not Jewish, and by trade... He was a doctor. So this being healed and becoming whole is very, very important to our gospel writer, Luke. And so he includes this story in his writing of Jesus' encounter with the lepers. You see, Jesus was on his way from Galilee to Jerusalem for the very last time. This was just before Jesus was headed in for his final time in Jerusalem. That final week. And on the way, Jesus wanted his disciples, all those who were following, and and particularly those who would move on to build his church, to learn just as much as they could. And so as they were traveling along just outside of the cities and including the area of Samaria, they were called out to. And it was a group of ten lepers who called out to them. And Jesus responded. Now you see, there's some things about leprosy. They didn't have a germ theory back then. But they did understand that this was highly contagious to be around someone who had leprosy meant that others would get leprosy. And so these people were banned to be alone. And so they gathered together those that shared leprosy because they couldn't give it to each other. They already had it. And so there were leper colonies. And these ten obviously had banded together to kind of look out for one another. Someone who had leprosy was not only alone, but they had to identify themselves. And they did that by tearing their clothing so that they were in shreds. They also had to keep their hair unkept and they had to cover their mouths so they were only could see. 
So those were some of the rules that they had to live by, and they had to announce themselves by shouting out in loud voices, unclean, unclean. You know, the stigma of leprosy is still in our midst. There was a case of leprosy in Noblesville in the early 70s. A prominent person in the community, you may have even known the person. However, the family kept it a secret. And once he was diagnosed, he himself a doctor, diagnosed that he had leprosy, he lived out the remainder of his life in the basement of their home. And their two young daughters at the time could not understand why they were not allowed to go see daddy in the basement. The stigma still exists. Today we know it as Hansen's disease. But that's what they were living in. That's what they were dealing with, and they called out to Jesus. These ten called out to Jesus, and he stopped. He responded to their call. Now you see, in the Bible, we have only two Old Testament accounts in the book of Numbers and in the book of Second Kings where anybody was healed of leprosy, and it was done by God. And so the Jewish people understood that a healing of a leper was something that would signal the Messiah. Because only God could heal a leper. I'd say in healing 10, Jesus kind of outdid himself, didn't he? He wanted there to be no mistake about who he was, right? No mistake. And so when these ten called out to Jesus, I want you to also notice, they don't call out, Oh, Master, heal us. They called out, Have mercy on us. Have pity on us. Because you see, a leper could not live within town. And unless they fell on the mercies of other people, other strangers, for their food, for any, anything that they needed. And so they would plead with those. And Jesus' reputation preceded him, and they knew him to be a compassionate person. So surely they would get something from Jesus. He would share a meal. Maybe the reputation of dividing the loaves had spread and they thought, oh, here's a man who can really feed us. They didn't ask to be healed. And yet that's exactly what Jesus did. He looked at their greatest need, not just an empty stomach, but their greatest need was to be healed and he healed all ten of them. And then one returned and the ten did not, or the nine did not. The nine proceeded to do exactly what Jesus told them to do. 
they were to leave his presence and go to a priest. And within different areas of Israel, there are priest communities. And so they would have been headed for the closest one in order to find a priest because they knew that only a priest recognized by the temple, only a Jewish priest could declare them clean and they were allowed to re-enter society. And so they believed Jesus enough to go, to do exactly what he told them to do. It's interesting, though, that the Jewish lepers among them didn't catch as they're walking along, looking and saying, look, your leprosy's gone. Look, mine's gone too. As they traveled to the priest, they didn't say to themselves, oh, only God could have done this. We must have been in the presence of God. It was the Samaritan, it was the non-Jew who recognized the fact that in his healing, he was in the presence of a great power and went back to say thank you. Maybe the other nine thought, you know, if we go back, we may kind of regress and go back to being a leper. So we're just going to go ahead. We're going to take this healing and we're going to go to the priest and and be allowed back into community. Be allowed back with our families. But the one took the opportunity before reaching the priest to trust God enough to go back and say thank you. With all my heart, thank you. We learn from this passage how to receive appreciation. Jesus did it graciously. Received the gift of being appreciated. He didn't wasn't repulsed by somebody who hadn't bathed or kept or was wearing torn up clothes. He received the gift as it was given. The appreciation that he received. And then the full story is that one. That one who showed appreciation was made whole. Not only was he physically healed as the other nine were, but he was spiritually whole spiritually healed as well, body and soul. The gift of showing appreciation. The gift of seeing. He not only saw that he had been healed, but he saw who healed him. He saw what was going on around him enough to say, I want to say thank you. I want to thank God for this gift. 
He could see it. And so we are to be aware. We are to open our eyes wide open and see the opportunities to show our appreciation. I want to share with you what I see. I see in this congregation, many of us are aware of our community cafe. I see folks among you who go on Tuesdays to pick up milk for community cafe, who go on Thursdays to community harvest or harvest food bank and pick up food to be used at community cafe. I see those who on Saturday go to Panera Bread and pick up the bread that is distributed at Community Cafe as a part of the food that folks can take with them. I see the teams that get together. I see the people who have to clean Fellowship Hall in preparation for those meals. The teams that come in, that cook, that serve, that clean up every week. I see those who coordinated the food giveaway, the small pantry that's down there. Every single week and more, I know. But I say thank you. And that is just one. Weeks ago you received one of these... Packets. If you didn't, there's a few at the welcome station. You're welcome to pick it up. There are, that is just one of 11 pages of ministry that I see going on. I see you folks, you who pray for one another, who call and check on one another, who care about what others are doing in the life of this community and in the body of this church. You see and you say thank you. You see and show your appreciation. I see you and say thank you from the depths of my heart. Thank you. You are joining alongside to do God's work. Those of you who have seen God at work and give of yourselves to join God, thank you. That's what we celebrate today.